shut yeah. up. The part of our culture that is constantly looking for a reason to be pissed off are actually yeah. much more exhausting to me than somebody like the M&Ms responding. Yeah. yell we cry more 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 as we start episode number 134 of the promo up front podcast i am one of your hosts bill petrie with me as always let's call him the deacon of digital marketing the one and only kirby hossaman kirby how the hell are you today i'm doing well man uh really good actually things are things are good i think the um you know usually january is slow i think for many people in the industry um i've actually talked to quite a few people who are having really good January's, uh, we are one of them. Like our, we're substantially up over the last couple of years, and not just from a sales perspective, but just from an activity perspective. And that, yeah, that gets me fired up. So I, I'm excited, man. How about you? That's a, same as you. I am still kind of a, in a positive way, digging out from Vegas. Yeah. A lot of opportunities, having a lot of great conversations with people. And, uh, you know, I didn't get sick. I don't think you did either. I have the Vegas cough like we yeah. all get for a period mm -hmm. of time afterwards. So I feel very fortunate for that because I know a lot of people did get COVID or RSV or the creeping crud or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as I was sitting here doing some prep work for the show, <laughs> I got to thinking as I <laughs> want to do. Um, you know, one thing suppliers don't share often enough, Kirby, mm -hmm. is their why. Well, PXP Solutions, mm -hmm. they specialize in decorated, in decorated apparel. Their why is to build strong and collaborative relationships and partnerships with their distributor clients. In other words, they strive for a shared vision and purpose. And I really mm -hmm. like that, a shared yeah. vision and purpose. Their success in working with clients is really due to their shared belief and dedication to the highest standards of customer service, attention to detail, communication, and a fervent commitment to everyone being thrilled, not satisfied. You know how I don't like the word satisfied, but thrilled when the job is complete. And Kirby, doesn't a perspective like that get you excited about working with a screen printer or a decorator? Yeah, and I think it's it, it it is great to see because it's not always the it's the exception rather than the rule. I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think so many people are willing to to deal with fine, and uh, as our 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 you know the person we love on Ted Lasso, Roy Kent would say, "Don't you dare settle for fine." And so uh, yeah, I love that PXP uh, Solutions has that exact attitude. Great. That's 100%. I agree 100%. And I love that analogy, Kirby. You know, in addition to their dedication to service, things like innovative graphic design, specialty printing techniques, and having everything under one roof from concept to fulfillment, that's what they're all about. And so here's one other thing. Okay. You know, the owner of PXP, Bruce Jolish, uh, encourages you to call him directly. That's right. Mm -hmm. He answers his phone. In a day <laughs> where we all avoid human interaction, Bruce <laughs> craves it because he knows that's a really easy way to facilitate what they're trying to accomplish with their distributor partners. So Bruce Jolish at PXP Solutions, he'd love you to call him directly at 214-380-1883, or you can email him at bruce at pxpsolutions.com. He would love to have the privilege of working with you and the clients you serve. Love that message um, and really appreciate their partnership. So Kirby, 
We're at episode number 134 of this fine, fine broadcast. Yeah. I have the honor of the upfront section today. This might be a 16-second conversation. Okay. So I'm sure you saw this. This happened in Vegas that uh, Halo Branded Solutions, where you and I have formerly plied our trade, yeah. uh, and announced that they had hit uh, $1 billion in sales in 2022. And then right after that, 4imprint said, well, we did too. <laughs> we did too, which is fine. And not not casting that. And then Proforma... I think it was just two days ago, shared that they are at $600 million. So, you know, with the Halo announcement, you know, so we have a lot of large distributors announcing how big they are. I mean, that's yeah. generally what we're saying. This is how successful we are based on size. Yeah. And for the first time in our industry, somebody's hit that milestone, that 1 billion milestone with, yeah. with Halo. Does this mean anything to you when you see this stuff? Mm. I mean, I, I just want your perspective yeah. as a distributor. Does it do you care? Do you do you not yeah. care? Yeah, no, I actually so I would say it's it's a little bit like the first person was a big deal to me. After that, it yeah. was less so. And not not to uh, yeah. to denigrate what uh four imprint or performers did, but when when I heard the announcement sure. in Vegas that Halo hit a billion, yeah, I it raised an eyebrow. And I think a kudos to them. Uh, clearly, a, a super well-run organization, um, and for whatever reason, that inspires me a little bit more than Four Imprint, just because Halo's closer to my business model than well, Four Imprint. Yeah, they're a traditional distributor, yeah. much yeah. like you, absolutely. Yeah. And so that I think what I kind of look at that is is saying, okay, cool. Well, I don't even aspire to be a billion-dollar company. That's not right. what I want. But what I do think it does is. It goes back to saying what we've been saying for the last several years. I really think that the pandemic and COVID and all of that did nothing to detract from the value of what we do. It only enhanced. And I think for me to see things like that and see companies succeeding in that crazy way kind of solidifies my opinion on that. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on every point there. Um, you know, I hope when Mark Simon announced that at their award dinner, he pulled a Dr. Evil and said, one billion dollars. <laughs> I don't know if he did. He should have. Uh, yeah. I like to think that he did. Yeah. Um, maybe true. he did. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like you, I, I'm, you know, Four Imprint has been a building machine for years and, yeah. and they've built a really great model with their e-commerce online. We can yeah. talk about the positives and negatives. That's not my point. I am sure that they were kicking themselves that halo beat them to the punch with that type of announcement. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it, um, to me, I, 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 those are impressive. Like you said, I think that first one is impressive. I don't really care about anybody else's and that's not to denigrate the a great yeah. accomplishments of anybody who's achieved 1 million in sales, 20 yeah. million in sales. I, I, it doesn't, I think that's a, a not a enormous feat in halo hitting a billion, uh, foreign print hitting a billion, Proforma hitting six million. Those are fabulous numbers, and that's a testament to those organizations. As a consumer of industry news, after that first one, I'm kind of like, okay, got it. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it it starts to just be lose its meaning. So yeah, I, that that was my my thought. I my, I love I love that we have those success stories. Yeah. Um, especially in large distributorships, you know, I, I know we both know Greg Muzillo. He has a great story to tell, you know, he sure. started with nothing and really built a fabulous organization. And, yeah. you know, Mark Simon has a great story resurrecting, uh, yeah. Halo out of, out of a really financial, financially perilous bankruptcy, which I, I, yeah. you know, was part of for a while. So really great stories, but I'm not sure I care much more. 
Yeah. Well, I, I guess the other side of it, though, Bill, is that like, especially on the pro forma and Halo side, and again, it's the thing that resonates more with me. I, what Foreign Prince yeah. done is impressive. Sure. But the reality of it is you say Halo, but Halo and pro forma are both made up of other individuals okay. whose businesses yep. that, like, that we can learn from. Like, I don't Absolutely. know the, the business model for Foreign Prince amazing, but I don't want that business model. Yep. So I'm not going to learn from it as much. Um, but I would say that the Halo folks and the, the Proforma folks are made up of individual sort of salespeople and business owners, Absolutely. and so I'm I'm I guess I wish I'm excited for those individuals as well. And so you hit on something. So the the big story of we hit a billion dollars, we hit six hundred million dollars. That's a story. Underneath that are hundreds of fabulous smaller more personal stories that I do think yeah. we can learn from and we yeah. can relate to. So I think you made a great point there, which generally I don't, I don't think that happens often. <laughs> it doesn't happen very happens often. Every, it happens every podcast, but you know, Kirby, I'm, I'm kind of amped up today. I'm actually having coffee today. Not so wow. just relax. I'm having <laughs> coffee. So Ellie bath. Yes. I'm having coffee today. Yeah. yeah. So I'm already amped up, but I got to tell you, I got to amp it up a little more. That's right. Okay. Hey, distributors, is your marketing working? <laughs> If you can't answer that question, question, if you can't answer that question with an immediate hell yeah, then you need to reach out to our good pal Jason Noakes over at Promo Pulse. You know, Promo Pulse can help you consistently amplify your sales through stunning, beautiful outbound marketing that's so easy to use. You can customize it, you set it, and you forget it all within five minutes. You can learn more at our friends at Promo Pulse at promopulse.io slash amp. Not going to be sorry you did. All right, Kirby, what's our topic? Okay, I've got a, actually a bunch of topics, so I'm I'm sure I'm not going to get to all of them today. But this is something that's kind of makes prep for next week a lot easier. Yeah, yeah, it? it really does. It really does. So I'm going to say uh, this one is finding the who. Um, so I've had I've sounds had like a, bunch. a really low rent Dr. Seuss book. Yeah, that's right. I've had a lot of conversations, and you know, with I get the opportunity to talk to some really bright minds on delivering marketing joy every week. Um, different marketers, and and a lot of them spend time. I certainly talk to people in our industry, but when I talk to people outside of our industry, I'm fascinated by how often the first thing people talk about when you say, okay, how do you do Facebook? How do you do this? How do you do this? Their, their first thing is, well, who are you trying to reach? Yeah. What What is the avatar? Who is that? Absolutely. And what's been fascinating to me, and part of what got me thinking about this is your presentation in, in Vegas, which was really good. Um, Thank you. you. You bet. But I've been talked... I've been talking to people in the industry and several times people be like, Hey, what's your product recommendation for, um, rainy days? What's your yeah. product recommendation for this, know. whatever. And, and each time I keep saying, but who's it for? Yep. And so it is fascinating to me how they kind of get glassy eyed where they're like, dude, I just mm -hmm. want you to say this stress bottle yeah. or whatever. I think if we want, and I kind of wanted to get your, give you a chance to wind up a little bit on this, but it's because I know it is something that you're passionate about. But I think if we want to okay. be considered marketers, we have to start asking those questions that mm -hmm. it's not just about how cool this rubber ducky is. It is about who we're trying to reach and where we're trying to reach them. Yeah. Go. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you have, you've successfully wound me up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think one of the things I hit on is I was preparing for my session in Vegas. My session in Vegas was called own the brand to own the business. And it was about mm -hmm. really understanding every aspect of your client's marketing. So you can 
really become much more of that trusted advisor we all say we want to be, but we really don't know how to be. Yeah. I'm not going to get deep into that, but what I will say to answer your question is we don't consider who's actually receiving the merchandise enough. We do a right. terrible job at that. And one of the, the the kind of those light bulb moments, right? We all have them as we're working or doing so. I had a light bulb moment is as distributors, we're not really salespeople. Mm. We, we, yes, we sell, but most of the people are already convinced, or most of our prospects and clients are already convinced that they need to buy promotional products. Mm. In fact, most times they come to you and say, I need something for a trade show next week. Yep. I need something to you know, launch a new product. I need something to mark a company anniversary, so on and so forth. And so the second that happens, you're no longer a salesperson. They are ready to buy. Yeah, You are now a marketer. You yeah. need to find the right vehicle for them. And that always starts with the question, tell me about your target audience. Nice. You know, the, the analogy I used in the session, which, you know, I, I, I kind of love, um, <laughs> you know, me, I love it. I love a good analogy there. Are, just because everybody buys promotional products does not mean everyone's your client. The analogy right. I use is a lot of companies sell hamburgers, McDonald's, five guys, uh, and even like Smith and Walensky or Gordon Ramsay, they're all hamburgers, but they sell to very, very different audiences. The people who are happy with a McDonald's cheeseburger generally are not being targeted by Gordon Ramsay for a $45 Wagyu uh, burger mm. and vice versa. So just because everybody buys hamburgers doesn't mean everybody's going to buy your hamburger. So right. at that point, you need to ask. And those are hard questions to ask. You ask question, you know, who's your target audience? And you do get that glaze eye once in a while. Mm -hmm. And they kind of look at you like, what do you mean? What's it matter? It matters greatly. So when it's, I see those, it's the whole point of the exercise. It, it is. When I see those when I see those questions on the promotional products professionals page, yeah. it's like, I need 400 somethings for a convention in the budgets X. It's like, man, I, I, <laughs> Whatever I tell you might be the greatest thing in my mind, but I have no idea what your audience is. So I just, I, I move right past them because yeah. I don't have enough information to speak intelligently on them. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I think that one of the things I have said a little bit differently, um, I'd said that we do have an industry full of salespeople and that's part of the problem because I've said, yeah. I always thought everybody was a marketer and we're not, yeah. we're an industry full of salespeople who sell marketing products and that's the difference. And I think that that by just simply asking who's it for will really help you reverse engineer what you want to do. So it, it will. And you're still a salesperson, but you need to yeah. start. It's the second you know that they're looking for something, you need totally. to think like a marketer. Yeah, yeah. How you do I change. make what they're going to yeah? How do I make what they're going to buy for me as effective as and, and cost effective and as effective as possible to move that audience to action? The second you do that. That's how you start becoming that advisor and that, that uh, trusted person we all want to be. Cool. All right, Kirby. Yep. Do you want to talk about sweets or savory? It's your choice. Uh, let's go sweets. All right. M&M's. Yep. Okay. I was mascots. hoping you'd bring this up. <laughs> M&M's is shelving their mascots because of a backlash. Now, they made headlines last year in 2022 for redesigning their spokes candies. If anybody's not seen them, they're uh, little uh, graphic manifestations of plain and peanut M&Ms. Yep. So most notably, they changed the green M&M's white go-go boots to sneakers. And her and the brown M&M have, quote unquote, become friendlier to each other, showcasing force supporting 
women. Yeah. Uh, they've also made changes. Orange, who used to be anxious, began to embrace his true self, worries and all. Red, who had shown bully tendencies in the past, became kind to his co-characters. Um, and so, and even in October, they introduced a new character and first time in 10 years, the purple M&M. Now, the changes were meant to reflect personalities, yep. not genders. Um, however, the company was criticized. They were lit on fire because they had to change their, they changed their spokes candy. So they released this statement, Kirby. Mm-hmm. In the last year, we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice, and we definitely didn't think it would break the internet, but now we get it. Even a candy shoes can be polarizing, which was the last thing M&Ms wanted since we're all about bringing people together. Therefore, we have decided to take an indefinite pause from the spokes candies in their place. We are proud to introduce a spokesperson America can finally agree on, the beloved Maya Rudolph. We are confident Ms. Rudolph will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone feels they belong. Kirby, I've got some hot thoughts on this, but I'm going to yield the virtual floor to you. What's yeah. it? You know, this is, so a couple things. Number one, as I look back at this, because again, it, it happened a year ago or whatever, the idea is that we didn't think anybody would notice. Well, then why the hell did you make an announcement about it and make a big, you know, like, if you wanted to do it in a way that wouldn't have brought all this attention, then you would have just made those changes and moved on with your life and whatever. And probably maybe people wouldn't have made a big deal about it, but you made a big deal about it. So like the idea that you didn't think there would be some pushback because people are pissed off about everything. If you think everybody loves Maya Rudolph, I do, but someone will be mad about that too. So the idea that now they're pulling away from the king, like, this is the weirdest story I've heard in a while. And so my favorite response to this is actually from, uh, I think it's A&W Root Beer. Okay. Have you, see, have you seen this? I have not. Okay. And then I'll, I want your hot takes, but I think this is really funny. So A&W Root Beer has uh, announced that they are working on its mascot because it's polarizing because they have rudy the great root bear and it didn't have pants and so they're adding pants to the bear <laughs> because and it's a total they're making fun of m&ms yeah. completely and that therefore rudy will be wearing jeans going forward fans are not to worry because they, they will con- continue to be the spokes right. bear so i I, right. I i actually like that because m&m's announcement is so absurd that yeah we should really have some fun with it. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, I, who cares? They're <laughs> drawings. Okay? I mean, I, we've, I, I am all for loving every color of our cultural rainbow yeah. and I have no issue with that. And honestly, I think the fact that they're trying to focus on the personalities rather than the gender, I really don't have an issue with that. I don't care. I yeah. truly don't care. I don't think that's going to help anybody who, you know, or, or hurt anybody. I think yeah. it's completely, it's just, they're drawings for a candy, you know. So I'm not sure M&M's, you know, the last thing Eminem wants to do since they're all about bringing people together. No, they're all about selling chocolate is what they're yeah. all about. Sure. Um, so well, I, I, when we've, when we've, we've hit a new weird level 
of political correctness when we're debating over cartoons. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and that, that's just a weird thing to me, you know, and, and this is one of those things you have to tread carefully because no matter what we say, it's going to cheese somebody off. That's the society we live in today. But, you know, and, and here's the other thing. It's one of two things. It's either a strategy that didn't work mm-hmm. or it's a genius marketing move to get people talking about it. And I never know which I will say if it is a chat strategy that they're trying to change because it didn't work, you can do that without making a big announcement. Yeah. Um, Because, because it's, you know, I don't buy into the whole, any publicity is good publicity. I really don't. Yeah. Because our conversation is not going to make someone not buy or not buy M&Ms. Yeah. Um, So I I just, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it makes sense, but it didn't hear me. So it's a great example though, I would say on the other side is we're we're kind of mocking M&Ms, but the the Mm -hmm. reality of it is people were legitimately like, and again, Tucker Carlson made it his job to go after M&Ms because it's the woke culture that's making them do this. Shut up. The, 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 part of our culture that is constantly looking for a reason to be pissed off are actually yeah. much more exhausting to me than somebody like the M&Ms responding. Yeah. Now, my my thing, and you know this about my personality, is I would be like, if Tucker Carlson doesn't like that M&Ms, have, oh, I would lean into that so hard and give him the big right. F you. Like, you want, you want to make a statement? Do that. And actually, I think that's yeah. one of the your kind of tenets too. It's like, you don't have to be for everybody. Lean in and the no. people who who love what you stand for will follow you. This is actually, hey, we stand for this. Oh, no, no, we yeah. don't stand for this. We stand for Maya Rudolph. Yeah, like, if, I'm, if, I, if I'm part of a community that feels that the spokes candies for Eminem has either misrepresented or I'm not represented or it bothers me that my my group's not represented. That's valid. If you want to feel that way, that's up to you. That's that's yeah. not my choice, right? I don't think them waffling going back and forth yes. is helping that Agreed. cause. And that's kind of underscoring your point there. Yeah. So be who you are and yeah. deal with the consequences because you know we're the pendulum swings. It always has. And we're very far right now. I don't believe in the term woke. You and I have spoken about that. I, I just don't because I, we can, I, we as humans are allowed to evolve and change yes. our opinions, change our thoughts, change the way we relate to other people. God, that I hope we, we do. Understand in the past. <laughs> yeah, that's, I've said it before. I'm a radically different person at 53 than I was at 48 and certainly than I was at 28. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've written and you blog should be. about, yeah, you should be, you should constantly be evolving. Woke is a very pejorative term that yeah. oh, it's just woke. It's 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 what we do as a society. We find a word to slot people in to minimize what they're thinking, what they're feeling, all that. But we're getting off topic here. This Eminem's thing is sorted. dumb. If you <laughs> if you felt like if if you at the chief marketing officer level of Eminem's felt like we need to represent as many uh, people as possible, then don't don't pull them off. Leave it alone because yeah. you're never. Here's the thing: you have to understand the fact you're never going to win because there's not there's not yeah. a prize at the end of winning. You just yeah. do. And honestly, again, I think nobody asked me, of course, but Mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, a a segment of population were like, oh, I don't like it because of this or that. Dude, lean into that. If people are being assholes, call them out. Like, yeah, this this whole thing is because you are totally like you said, waffling back and forth. Does it matter to you or not? Because right now, not. 
And I guarantee you, they'll be the first people to change their avatars and their profile pics uh, for Pride Month. I don't know what they'll actually do for, but they'll make sure to do that. So, you know, Mars, their statement, because it was tongue in cheek, actually made it worse. Yeah. If they had just said very almost sternly, hey, we've upset a lot of people. It's not what we intended to do. So we're just going to kind of not do this for a while. Yeah. Um, and we appreciate your your loyal chocolate loverness, whatever. Yeah. If they had done that, I think I would have a lot better time with this other than the cheap. We didn't know we'd break the internet. We yeah. didn't know. Okay. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you knew exactly what you were doing when you did it. Yeah. Because you made it sure you announced it. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. That's enough of my hot candy opinions today, Kirby. Do you have okay. one more topic for us? Yeah, one more. So we, one of the things one we've more. done in the past is mm-hmm. we've talked about goals and we haven't really yes. done that um, this year. Um, yep. So, and because of when we're recording this, I thought we could do it a little bit differently um, is, sure. you know, we had talked about goals in the past. We didn't necessarily do it, but this is the time when a lot of people yeah. fall off the wagon. Right. Like, yeah. So, so it's like, Hey, I've set these big goals for the year, but by now, you know, 90% of people are like, you know what? Ho-hos for breakfast. Mm-hmm. will be fine. Um, yeah. So I wanted to kind of, and I, this is one of those moments where I can go first if you want me to, but mm-hmm. you generally set goals for the beginning of the year. I set goals for the I do. beginning of the year. Yeah. How are you doing? Like so far, are you on track or are you off track? You don't have to even get specific, but just kind of no, I'll, I'll... The, the basic of, hey, here's what I said I wanted to do. Well, Where you at? Business-wise, blowing them out of the water. Awesome. Um, off to an incredible start. And, you know, I think we talked about this, you know, one of the, one of the we talked about this off podcast, but, you know, I missed being at shows and my business yeah. missed being at shows more than I realized. Yeah. Um, and so that was hugely important to me. And so you talk about, at least for me, and again, I'm selling to the people who are there. That's my, yeah. uh, my target audience yeah, is right, right there all in Vegas. You talk about a springboard to start the year. Wow. Um, so right now, that's awesome. I am way ahead of pace personally struggling a bit with the uh, I'm, I'm good on the, um, I ended up doing a goal that I didn't know I was going to do, which was kind of just take a break from uh, drinking. Not because I want, not because I felt like I had a problem or anything. I was like, you know what? I just kind of want to reset a little bit. So that's going well. Um, I've been walking a little more, just kind of getting exercise up. I think I put in my blog, one of my things is, you know, after I had my hernia surgery, everything felt very weird in my stomach. And so I, I lived in fear for the last year of, I don't want to mess this up. And so right. I kind of stopped working out as religiously as I used to. So I'm slowly getting back at that. So, you. you know, um, that's, that's the honest, honest yeah. truth there. Yeah. Um, but I am going to have a pop or two this weekend. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Good for you. Uh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting. The, the, the business side of it, um, I'm pretty much on track so far. What I did this year, and I think we probably talked about this off the podcast, but I set um, what called 12-week year goals instead of yeah, yep. full year. So essentially it's right. from January 1st to March 30th. Um, I find that my ADD works better in those short-term windows. And so yeah. um, I, I sort of did that. So I have goals for literally January 1st to March 30th pretty much yep. on track with that. And I'd set a good. pretty aggressive goal. Um, so that's, that's really good. Um, fitness is the one that um, I'm actually that's excited. That's the hard about. one. Yeah, but I'm actually, oh. so, so what I did 
in, in a little bit differently as opposed to saying, I'm going to drop weight. I'm going to do this. I, yeah. I reverse engineered it and said, look, I'm going to do this many pushups and I'm going to do yeah. this many miles, things that I could control. And then I created yeah. an Excel sheet that I would document. So it would kind mm -hmm. of tally. And I'm again, it's only January at this point, but I'm ahead sure. of schedule on that. And that's considering I essentially lose a week in Vegas because I don't yeah. count, even though I'm definitely doing miles there, I don't count it because mm -hmm. if I'm not, you're doing them anyway, they're yeah, not exactly. intentional miles. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm, but it was funny to me. Cause I'm like, I feel like I've tripped over something for myself where it's like, okay, yeah. if I can reverse engineer and just say, okay, my goal is to, for example, um, is 3000 pushups and 120 miles. Well, right. It, that's 50 pushups a day. Like it's not right. that many. And right. so I found that it, because I've got the Excel sheet and I've got this thing on my list. I'm yeah. like, have I, have I done the pushups yet today? And it's, yeah. it's pushed me to do workouts I wouldn't have otherwise done. And so I love that. I, and then again, I've never set weight goals. Like I want to drop this much weight yeah. or anything like that. It's more of, I want to do something. I need to do this X times a week. Yeah. Perfect. You know, whatever that man. So no, I get that. I think it's great. And it's one of those things, you know, we, we talk about goals at the beginning of the year and then we never really follow up with each other and hold each yeah. other accountable for those things. Yeah. But I'm glad to hear you're, you're on track with yours and and that's yeah. all, all good stuff. Yeah. Do you want to do another topic? I don't want to do another topic. I okay. think we're done. Okay. Are you? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I, I'm tempted to talk about something. I think we're going to talk about next week. That's on the promotional products, Facebook page right now. I'm tempted to bring that up, but I think it's, I think we're going into long, too long here, too long. Okay. All right. You're cool. You know, what do you think? I think that uh, if we could do it in a couple minutes, we can still do it. Okay, let's do it. All right. So there's a, someone who posted on the promotional products group Facebook page who, um, if for no other reason, it was the... brought to our attention. So it's like I feel yes. obligated, right? Yeah, it was brought five minutes to five minutes uh, before we started recording this morning, our attention. So I will not say this person's name. You can mm -hmm. go find it in the promotional products Facebook group page if you want said, I just got the email from Sage about the new diversity search fields in the search engine. Mm -hmm. I am absolutely horrified. By the way, that's not me saying this. This is a lady. I want to be very clear. Why in the world would I want to order from suppliers who are strictly owned by women, gays, blacks, etc.? I'm reading that verbatim, folks. How insulting is this? Uh, I never wanted anyone to order from me because I'm a woman-owned business. This is about the biggest insult you could impose on me. Um, so... Wow. Um, that's, you know, I, I find that interesting that someone has that perspective, that they're offended that someone could search what suppliers to use by their ethnicity, um, their uh, sexual orientation or whatever. I, I Why would that bother anybody? I don't understand that because as when I was a distributor, you have clients who we need minority owned spend. And that's the way you now you can track that. Yeah. So for her to say that, I, 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 if, if I, this is what I think, and I would love your opinion as well, Kirby Hossaman. If something like putting in a search field so you can find certain organizations offends you, it's time to get out of this business. Go do something else. Yeah. It seems like you, not you, Kirby, but this person wrote this, you'd be much happier in 1955. Uh, so go ahead and head back there because honestly, I think that that is not telling you you have to do business. And and I wrote a comment in the post and, and I'm going to share this and then I want to hear what you have to say. I'm going to shut up. Mm -hmm. But uh, she said that she was offended. Um, she said, I've been working with cultures for the all cultures for the entirety of my career. 
I have no problem with it. I have a problem with suppliers owned by white men that aren't included in the filters. And my response was, absolutely they are. You just check all the boxes and presto changeo, you have the supplier list of your dreams because most of them are owned by white men. <laughs> I don't understand why anyone would put this out there. If you're not happy with something, again, if we talked about this with MMs, you can exp- you can do- stop using a service and not express your dissatisfaction. And predictably... The internet is speaking very loudly to this person and not really supporting of her. Kirby, what say you? Yeah, actually, that's so I would say I think that one of the populations I talk about is the population that is pissed off if they can't find something to be mad about. Yeah, this reeks of that. Like, like again, Mm -hmm. don't use supply. Like the irony behind this is that if you want to avoid suppliers that are whatever in any way this tool actually in a really weird way would allow you to do that um maybe you don't want uh to do business with someone who flies the rainbow flag i think that's weird but if that's what you want ironically it could do do that if you would be creative i so from my my perspective this is one of those moments where um it this is going to sound weird but it restores my faith in humanity because Absolutely. the the idea that the promotional products professionals page which often frustrates both of us yeah. would come through loud and clear and say no this is it's yeah. weird that you just said this out loud you should yeah. really rethink this this isn't uh around uh with a couple of friends at the bar like yeah like th- this is one of those moments where you're on the wrong side of history on this one yeah here, here i agree with you and and it restores my faith in in the the, the internet not necessarily humanity i'm not going to go that far <laughs> but it restores my my faith in, in in social media kind of correcting people here's what i don't here's what scares me she is a woman-owned business mm-hmm. and something like this for her customers if, if there was such a thing for promotional products people to search or people who are buying promotional products to search for a, a distributor that's woman-owned, veteran-owned, minority-owned, diverse-owned, whatever, mm-hmm. that would benefit her because she's a woman-owned business and she probably has clients that that have used her uh, maybe initially because she was woman-owned and it helps their diversity um, uh, goals. So yeah, I find it I find it scary that someone who benefits from something like that all of a sudden is really castigating others or, or castigating sage for using it. I, yeah. I, I, I see that scares me, yeah. you know, that, that not, not like, Oh my gosh, I'm petrified, but it's like, man, it seems like, and, and I'm not, I don't know this person. I don't know who her heart. I don't know anything about her, but what I do know is what she wrote and what she wrote was extraordinarily offensive. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, Oh, it works for me, but I don't want to work it for anybody else. Mm-hmm. That, that seems to be and indicate some deep, deep seated uh, resentment, certainly, and, and maybe even hatred and, and racism. I don't want to say that person's a racist or, or that, but it, it, it's, it's pretty ugly. It's yeah. pretty ugly. So weird. It's a weird hill to die on for sure. It, it is, but I'll tell you what's not a weird hill to die on Kirby. That's the hill of PXP solutions. That's right. They share their why their why, because they're, they specialize in decorated apparel. Their why is to build strong and collaborative partnerships with their distributor clients. In other words, they strive for a shared vision and purpose. They have that fervent community uh, commitment that everybody is not satisfied at the end of the transaction. They are thrilled 
at the end of the transaction. And so they have everything under one roof, all the way from uh, you know graphic design, specialty printing techniques, and, and everything from design to delivery, all under one roof. So call the owner, Bruce Jolish. What a great guy he is. 214-380-1883. Or you can email him if you don't want to pick up the blower. You can call him at or email him at bruce at pxpsolutions.com. He would love the privilege of working with you and the clients you serve. Kirby, I love doing this podcast with you. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day. Thanks, Ben.